I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on? Uh, Welcome to this week's uh, Bloom Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Because let's be honest, people hear me enough. They're here for Bloom. It's a great name for the podcast. They're all here for Bloom. Uh, It is a uh, late Sunday night when we are recording this in the Cyclone Fanatic home office in Bondurant. And uh, just a little heads up that you might hear a child screaming in the background. There's some sleep training going on at the Williams house. We've had a really rough patch. The wife's been reading some book. Yeah. And watching these, like, videos. And um, we've been instructed we can't, cannot pick the child up. Are you doing, like, the, the five-minute method and the ten-minute method? Yeah, yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about it. I've tried it a couple times. I'm kind of the uh, hardo of the, between me and my wife as far as that. Oh yeah, you're like I'll, I'll I'll just the kid like just and she's she struggles with it, which I I I did at first and then I'm like, I just need to sleep. So it'll be a long night though, my friend. Look into my eyes. Yeah, you look a little tired. I'm so tired. Hang in there. Here's what's frustrating about this COVID thing for me, and I hope there's somebody out there who can relate. And maybe Bloom, this is a situation where I'm just reading too much like social media, but like everybody's talking about like how they're getting all this stuff done. Oh, (laughs) so effective around the house, getting everything, all these chores done, all this stuff. Like I, I'm not getting crap done. Like I, I can't, I can't get anything done. I can't be effective at anything. I think there's layers of people are just lying. That, or if you have kids at a certain age, you can yeah. definitely be more productive. Because they're just out riding their bikes. Or, or, you know, being self-sufficient. Yeah. Where you and I are in a similar boat oh. where we, it's Do like you feel the same hand, way as me? Hands on the, yeah, I'm not getting anything done. I mean. <laughs> it's horrible. I, <laughs> I just, yeah. So. And it, but that's that's part, that's, you're going to lead me down a rant here. But the okay. whole. Go for it. The whole. Uh, what are we, we're just drinking whiskey yeah. on a Sunday night. Go for no, it. No, the, the. Yeah, that look how great I am part of um, social media in this kind of bothers me a little bit. It's nauseating. Which is like, uh, okay, I, I know you're not telling the truth. And that's kind of what social media is for. But Yeah, just to show everybody how great your life is. Uh, t- yeah, for, disguise, to put it really simple. Just to that's disguise what, how miserable you <laughs> yeah, actually are. Which, which I think there's a, there's a uh, correlation there. And Hey, if people are enjoying this, I, and there's parts of it that have been yeah, nice. There's parts uh, of it that are very but, rewarding, but I think. Again, I think 
um, you can also be of the opinion like this is this has been really difficult, and that's a that's perfectly reasonable. So again, uh, you probably will hear that kid scream, and I just want. How you, old is Miss Elise now? Uh, eight months. She'll be nine months in a couple. She was weeks. doing well there for a while to sleeping. Oh, she was just kind of. Uh, she was a peach early on, as the old cycle oh. fanatic message board. She ran out of gas. <laughs> She's starting to act like her daddy. <laughs> She's looked like him for a while. Now she's starting to act like him, and God bless us. Um, as we do, we have a glass of bourbon on the night of. I need to give a shout-out to – I've got it up there. Blow me up to try this maybe next week. Yeah, what do you got? I'd never even heard of this until um, – you, know, you know Derek Sunderman? He used to live with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's probably listening to this pod. He tip, tipped me off to this. It's called Steeple Ridge Bourbon, based out of Shelby County, Iowa. Okay. Over by Harlan. Okay. And it's a that's, small... Uh, that's my family's originally from that area. Yeah. Small distillery. I found this at Central City Liquor. On Friday night, I stopped by to... Actually, because the wife was making tacos, so I was like, oh, I'm going to grab some... I, I wanted to buy some um, Soul. Of course. And... I was. I always go by the Bourbon Isle because they have a phenomenal selection, and I grabbed this, and it's really, really good. So, uh, shout out to a good Iowa company. What's, what's the name of it again? Steeple Ridge. Uh, I think they're called like, you know, I need to get their distillery right. They're, they're, it's not called that. Hold on. They make like vodkas. Uh, they make like vodkas, and I don't think they make moonshine. Lonely Oak Distillery. Okay. Really good stuff. Good for them. Yeah, and you are having the, this is my personal, I think my personal favorite whiskey. It's really good. It's called TX Whiskey. It's a blended whiskey out of uh, just south of Fort Worth. I discovered that on my many ventures down to Texas covering the Big 12. It's got a nice little vanilla hit to it. really, really good. Very nice. Especially if you're just getting into the bourbon scene. Yes, that's a great, great point. Yeah. If you're, good, like a, if you're like a distinguished like palate, I don't know how much you're going to love that. But yeah, it might be a little bit too uh, sweet. manufactured for you. But it's it's for a, whatever. Is this a Sunday? For a Sunday night in May, this is pretty good. <sighs> much needed today. Uh, today's podcast, and uh, we welcome many of you listening on Monday morning. We are presented by the Iowa Pork Producers and Iowa Pork. And um, stay tuned for... The um, end of the program where I actually have an interview with a a real pork producer from the great state of Iowa who is actually the net. He's the president elect for Iowa pork. So he represents all pork farmers in the state of Iowa and a gentleman from our old stomping grounds, Brent Bloom. Essex, Iowa. Beautiful. Beautiful Page County, Iowa. The uh, Trojans? Yes. Yeah. Essex Trojans yes. and the Trojans. Now, I don't even know if they're like, I think they are may they, be like blended with somebody Great shared or whatever yeah, program shared A now. lot of that corner conference down there is like that. But um, I, I, I don't want to butcher his name. Dennis Lyladal. And he's a great guy. I had a good chat with him. And the reason I wanted to do this, this is very important to me. There's just so many challenges that our nation's farmers and our state's farmers are facing right now that I don't think a lot of like folks who haven't been around that f- 
completely comprehend. Sure. I mean, you hear about the meatpacking issues yes. in regards to the virus. So I kind of wanted to, and I just, I emailed Joyce at Iowa Pork, and I was like, hey, can I get a guy? Good idea. To, because I had a thing, Ross and I talked about it a little bit on our show, about the euthanization of hogs, and a lot of people don't understand, well, why can't you just donate them all, or why can't right. you take them to local meat? Well, it's not that easy. And Dennis is going to join me at the end of the show to kind of dumb it down. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But, like, when you don't know that world, it's it's hard to it, comprehend. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people who are from the city don't understand that world. So I'm trying to help. Me educate. included. Yeah. I'll be very interested in hearing that. Yeah. So we're going to do a little, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm blessed to, I live up here, but I have so many friends and family who are well, farmers. And your I'm brother-in-law. Yeah. I saw posts on social media was yeah. the other day that, I mean, they were eating tens of thousands of dollars a week. Yeah. Um, just on I, unused. I, he told me, um, I, it, Justin. Yeah. Uh, he, he told he's down in, um, Decatur County. Yeah. That's where Leon is yep. Decatur County. Yep. Um, I mean, he was looking at like a grand or not grand, a hundred grand type loss wow. at least. And it's it's really sad, you know. And I'm sure that the government's going to come through and like support these guys sure. and gals. I hope so. But it's it sucks for our it's a big uh, ecosystem. Yeah, that you don't so think I, about you know. And I'm I have a really soft spot for ag, just where I come from and my background with that. So I wanted to just throw that on there. So check that out at the end of this podcast. Uh, it's it's some pretty informative stuff. I actually took some notes. Look at you for today's podcast. Fantastic. Um, I want to start off. Did you see the comments from Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor? I did. Over I did. the weekend. I did. I wanted to run down. So he gave seven scenarios for college football this this year. And I thought we could go through and kind of do like pros and cons Love for it. all of them. And maybe the likelihood yes. of each. Before we do that, um, I just wanted to do a quick hit on Jalen Coleman lands the the Paul transfer. Um, now I posted this for our Patreon members and our Cyclone Fanatic Premium subscribers. They all got this information on Friday. Um, this is kind of how this is going to work right now. Uh, they get they get premier information because they're paying for it, and I think it's been a great service so far. Uh, you can either let me stop you. Response been good. Feel, feeling yeah. better about where Fanatic is headed, thanks to the help of no doubt the patrons. We're still going to eat it this year, sure. But um, this is going to keep us Give in us some viability. Yeah, no doubt. Like, in it's been fantastic. And the best part is, I mean, every day we have a couple more trickle in. Awesome. And if we can keep doing that, I mean, in in a pre in an ideal world for me. We would be 100% subscription-based, and we wouldn't have a single ad on the website. Sure. I, I don't intend for us to go there. I'm planning on keeping the free stuff free. But I I hate the ads, too. Like people complain about ads. I don't – there's nothing worse than, like, when you write a great column, and you work really hard on it, and then you open it up, and, and there's, there's just garbage ads. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, I hate it. I hate it. I know. But we also have to pay our employees, and, right. you know, we have a business to run. So – but it, yeah, y'all are doing your parts. We thank you very much, and we're working really hard to make it worth your while. For those premium subscribers, we'll be scheduling our our monthly Zoom 
meeting uh, where people get inside information and I'll have a speaker for those things. That'll be coming up here. Hopefully this week we'll get something cool. on the books for that. But yeah, the Jalen Coleman lands, I, I'm hearing, you know, one of the things I got to give this young man so much credit. He radio silence. Oh my God. Yeah. There's nothing out there yeah. on this kid. And you um, know, there's some, I mean, he was a big target. Yeah, I'm sure I, he's got he got a lot of attention. You know, and and there might be more. Yeah, because it's been so hard to get. I you know my Iowa State sources aren't a hundred percent sure who all is out there, which wow. is yep. But I believe it because you look around, there's nothing, nothing out there. I think it's Iowa State, Indiana, and Texas Tech. Um, good good three programs. It's solid programs. I think Tech just took. Yeah, I I don't think he'll go to Tech. It doesn't it make like they sense. They got a log jam there, but it I, doesn't make sense for a grad transfer at his position to go there. So I think it's Iowa State and Indiana. Indiana, we'll see. unless there's just, some mystery school yeah. that I don't know about, which is certainly possible. Um, Indiana just got news this week. Their big guy is coming back. Uh, really talented freshman. I think it was Jackson Davis. I'm getting that hyphen right, but. Um, he's coming back. Wouldn't really affect Coleman Lands other than you'd have a couple hyphenated hyphenated kids on the same roster. It's kind of I fun. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just—I mean, you want to be the only hyphenated guy. <laughs> That's a, well, from a speaking from a radio guy perspective, the fewer of those, the better. <laughs> you don't like the hyphenated um, guys. Nothing against Maggie Espen Miller McGraw, but that's a mouthful. Um, Maggie. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, but you yeah, go. She's a good player. She's though. fun to watch. I'm a f- huge fan. A big fan. Same. Um, I can't wait to watch that team. But I think if you're if if you're Jalen, I mean, there's an opportunity to come in and play right away. I think secondarily now, Tyler Harris, at least from an NCAA perspective, won't get a waiver from the rule, right? But could still petition on his own merit, which I don't know what that merit would be individually. But that came out this week that the NCAA would considered putting in legislation for this upcoming season, so he's going to push it another year for that immediate transfer rule. So I'm guessing, Chris, unless you know something else, uh, nothing would lead me to believe that Tyler Harris would be eligible this year, which would mean more playing time for a person like Coleman Lance. If that's, I'd be, that'd be the opportunity you may want to seek. I would be surprised if Tyler Harris is eligible. Same. But they I can also, petition. I mean, but I also wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I, I think that everybody's going to petition this year. Well, yeah, unique circumstances for it, sure. I feel like COVID gives these guys a shot. It does. But I'm just saying it's not going to be mandated no from the from yes. the rules. I, I would I would agree. But uh, every you know, basketball recruiting is really the only thing going on right now. So I wanted and, to leave with that. That's and, all I know. And again, guys, what about the uh, the kid, the Gardner Webb kid, who put Iowa State in his top? five today again and i don't i just haven't heard much about him <laughs> so <laughs> what's his name perez okay i i don't know who you're talking about but let me i need to make something very clear with everybody i'm Please. glad that i can verbalize it now yeah. and i've written this to our premium subscribers some and i put it on the freeboard some too um i've seen a weird phenomenon this spring that i've never seen before yep in my 15 years of covering recruiting. It's weird. There's so many transfers. (laughs) There are guys who will receive like one phone call or a letter from a school and they'll be like, Oh yeah, they're in my top three. There, there was a certain, and I don't, I'm not going to, well, no, I don't want to make, I don't want to. There was a certain prospect 
who kept putting Iowa State in this like top five, oh, it's top, th- and all the fans are rightfully they're like, oh, are we getting this kid? Like, right. what's going on? And I kept hitting up my sources, and they're like, we're not even talking to this young man. Wow. And you know, and it ter- I'm sure some, you know, you gotta, you guys all set to realize this that college basketball recruiting is very much like you have a head coach and then you have a bunch of independent contractors. They're all making calls and feeling yeah, the things the out. We'll just think how many transfers there are. Yeah, and then yeah. they report to the head coach and yep. they go, okay, we, we might have a shot. So I'm sure that this young man got a call from, from somebody. somebody. I don't yeah. doubt that. Yeah, I don't think he's making it up. I've seen two or three times this year, it's so weird, where these guys who Iowa State's not even recruiting keep like narrowing their list. Yep. And 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 it'll be Iowa State in like, um, you know, some Sun Belt team, yep. and and then it looks like Iowa State loses out, and then I've got all these angry Twitter guys, correct? And like, I don't know, just the transfer world, like it is the freaking wild west out there in the spring, and then the transfer world is so, it's so mucked up and anyways. ever changing yeah and you you might have spoken to a kid two weeks ago and then realized well, maybe not not going to work but that doesn't stop the kid from putting you in his top Correct. five i mean it's he would want to go to iowa yeah, state maybe it's, it's his best like I th- so this is interesting thing. because i think this is this is sheds a good light on it here but they're also not only are the kids using the the respective schools they're also using the media oh yeah as well and the media's using the i mean it's I mean, there's certain sources that or certain people that constantly bring up the transfers. Like, I think it's it's kind of a big uh, shell game where we're moving I, pieces. You got to understand the motivation behind all of it. And I also think too, and and we've had to have conversations as a staff. the The first time that this ever came to me was when Iowa State was recruiting Rashad Vaughn. Do you remember okay. that? Oh yeah, Rashad had a thing where he would like, oh, here's my top eighteen, mm-hmm. and then he would trim it down to thirteen. Yep. Up. And then, like, in every day, it's like, do we need to be writing a story about this? Like, is this news? Is this... And, yep. and you know what? Like, the public probably cared, but is it is it news, right? And I kind of came to a point here about midway through the spring where we were, if you notice at the beginning, we would put out a, okay, well, this kid's listed Iowa State in his top five. I'm not doing that anymore because I don't think it served, like... What I've learned this spring, half the time, like there's not mutual interest. It is so weird, but that's just how it's been going on. And it makes and it and it did and it has makes the Iowa State coaching staff look bad when it feels like they've missed out on all of these guys. When in, in reality, they they did miss. They on did. Several. They missed a lot of the heavy guys yeah. early. Like uh, the really highly like that, tied guys. That happened, but you some of these other fringe guys are like, no, no, that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's. I mean, so. You just kind of have to use a little yeah. critical thinking, and, and it's hard to know for sure. But um, there's more layers to this than yeah than, than you realize. I think I, I have a little bit tough. of a responsibility to really only publish the guys who I know. Now, I I also will say this: I'm sure they're recruiting guys that I don't know about. Sure, it is an absolute chess game to like to to do this. Well, and, and but. If I think like this kid that you referenced, yeah. like I don't think that that's real. Okay, and I hadn't heard about him. That's was like, oh, because he, he did a thing, and and again, I'm getting old, but the the generation of you put yourself in all these pictures of yeah. the jersey, or he so he did. I and it was, it was here's the deal Iowa too. State. 
that I'm shocked by with the transfer market, but it's so like in the guys, when I say the transfer market, I think it's important that you realize it's different than when Royce White came to Iowa State. Yeah. Totally different world. Now it's like a it, it truly is a second it's like a third round of recruiting. You have fall recruiting, you have spring spring and now you have the transfer world. And what I another thing that I've picked up on is a lot of these guys will include schools just to scratch the back of like let's say like their old AAU coach is yeah. an assistant at some school. Or you know, there's ties like, oh, my AAU coach is buddies with the head coach at this Conference USA school. So a lot of times you're going to see these deals and you're going to be like, well, that school doesn't make any sense. There's usually a tie like that that just general fan can't pick up on unless you do a ton of research. Yeah, it's a mess. It is an absolute cesspool. But your point you made early and it's it's come to fruition. There, there's at there's transfers added every week. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a couple more pretty pretty good profile names that came up even last week. So yes, th- this the cycle is not over. It's been a quiet week on um on the basketball recruiting front. I think that the Wake Forest kid's a real option, um, and I think that the the Paul kid is a real option, and um, we'll kind of see from there. I I do think if they could get Coleman Lands, I think that you're in a spot then with him and Harris. Because the you, Wake Forest kid would be a sit-out. Yes, but I, I think that you could almost, if you're prone at this point, really be conservative then. Because those are two good gets. Yeah. Harris and Coleman Lands, if yeah, you could and get the him. Wake Forest kid would be a good get, too. He would be phenomenal. Yeah, like, if you could get those three, yeah. that is an absolute slam dunk of a spring. Now, it may not be immediate for next year, which sucks, and I know what, what a lot of people want. Yeah. And I get that. I yeah. totally understand the fan base. Um, but I think, like, as far as bringing talent in, yeah, yeah. I almost think like we've talked about, do you have to fill the fourth or do you yeah, want to keep hold on to it? I'd almost hold on. I hold to on it. to it. I think I would. I actually think that's the more aggressive move at this point. And it'll be interesting to see. I agree with that. How other schools like, is everybody holding one from now on? Cause you don't have to run all. We you saw that. I mean, Iowa state it's doesn't almost... get Jamil McKay or Deontay Burton. If they don't, if they have 13. Well, and then anymore, the way it's trending is you can't you can only play ten tops. You're going to have and how Prome many? never does that. He doesn't he plays nine maybe? So you've got X number of guys that are not going to be playing or redshirting. They're already unhappy, right? Yeah. I mean, I think this is the game you have to play now. If you're a college basketball coach, is how many do I want yeah. on my roster that can play every year? And nobody wants to redshirt. Nobody wants to redshirt because they all want again, and it's. It, you'd be amazed at everybody that's played at Iowa State in the last 10 years. When they first got to campus, they were convinced they were going to the NBA. Um, and that's oh, that's the that. attitude. is like you, you're you're holding me back from getting to that point. Um, for, and that's, you know, a lot of them have made the NBA. But you have to play this game now as a coach of not only do I have to worry about getting talent in, but I got to get talent in the right sequence so everybody's happy because X number of players are going to leave anyway. So... It becomes uh, quite a logistical puzzle piece. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, um, let's move on to these Gene Taylor comments. So Kansas State Athletics Director uh, listed out these seven. I want to make sure... He was the uh, associate AD at Iowa. He also was the AD at North Dakota State. He's basically Gary Bartolite. <laughs> Minus the lawsuits. Um, I want to make sure, and I, I want to make sure to credit the journalists who who got these quotes. Was it? Uh, uh, it was Robinette. Robinette. Yeah. Yeah, Robinette. Um, Wichita Eagle. Where's Kellis at? No, he's yeah, Wichita Eagle. Good pull. I'm guessing that this was all. Is this? Are they owned by the Kansas City Star? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't. Well, we're Kellis Robinette and the Wichita Eagle uh, got these quotes from Gene Taylor. Okay, so he lists seven different uh, scenarios. And shout out to Surly on the Cyclone Fanatic board. He listed them out in this little <laughs> bullet point. Big K State guy, Surly. Yeah. So I, I actually pulled Surly's just bullet pointed here. All right. Uh, okay, number one season uh, starts as scheduled in early December. Surly in says, early December? Or September. Oh, September. Okay. Sorry. Surly says can't see it. What? Now, I honestly, right now, still to me, right now, most likely. With or without fans? Without fans. Okay. Without fans. But in any scenario, do you see fans in the stands in September? Oof. Yes. I do. Um... It's going to be tough to twenty thousand. Well, it's going to be tough to legislate who you allow in. I mean, I think it was going to go all or nothing. How does it work? Or maybe do just the club suites. By the way, I got a column. I've been working on it for a week, and it. it, I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to turn out turn out well because I put so much time into it. But it's just like on the future of college football, where I ask like five questions, and it's pretty detailed. I look forward to. But like my 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 deal is. So what if, in the, what if like the state of Iowa doesn't allow fans, but the state of Oklahoma does, like and it creates this like competitive imbalance between the leagues and you, you, yeah. you got to think oh, about yeah. that. Like I mean, how does the, that? And the league has to come up with one. I think the leagues have to come up with. They have to stick together, don't they? Yes. You can't allow Oklahoma to be getting revenue for fans in Iowa. Not. I have a Iowa prediction. Not. Do you want my like crazy prediction of the night? Why not? That the Big Twelve and the SEC basically join together and have like their own like NFL this year. <laughs> no, seriously. The SEC seems pretty adamant about playing. They're playing football, and the Big Twelve will too. I think the Big Twelve is in that same now. Less so, Big Ten, and they already have their ACC alliance. Pack. They already have their 12. Cotton Bowl yeah. alliance. Can you but, imagine if it's just like those Bam- conferences? Bama's coming to Jack Trice, September fifth. Lock it up. Man, the money they could make just from aligning, though. Um, and just think about it. All right, number two. Wow. That would really suck, too, because this is probably going to be the best Iowa State team in 15 years. And this whole thing. So that's a whole other podcast for, like, meeting. Yeah, I don't even want to think I'm about only that. a couple of sips in. Yeah. I need to be about 10 beers deep when I have that one because, like, this is the most Iowa State thing ever. Global pandemic. When you have a Heisman Trophy contending quarterback. And apparently a first-round quarterback. <laughs> that column's coming up, too. I analyze why he's actually a legitimate first-round draft And the, 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 the heat he's getting for Brock from the haters. Dude, 
I made some calls because I thought That's that legit. was crazy too. Yeah, but you think about I, it. So last Sunday when all that stuff started to come out, yep. I think I made like five or six calls okay. to my, my like my best football mind guys. And not just dudes sitting in the Jacobson Athletic. Right, who would have a bias. And these guys are all like, he is, it, it's his accuracy. And I said, okay. And I, I, I was playing devil's advocate because I'm trying to get information, right? And and I go, well, couldn't he use another year in the weight room? And they're like, absolutely not. Look at Brock Purdy waist down. That's all that matters. And like, do you know how much the words Russell Wilson got tossed around when talking about Brock Purdy? Interesting. Yeah. Now, I don't think he goes pro after his junior year. I, I really I don't. See, that was my next question. I think he needs four. Russell Wilson played four. He you did. know, He like, played that extra year. Well, I, not extra, but he went to, from NC State. To, he was really bad at NC State. I mean, accuracy-wise, has the one year transfers to Wisconsin and actually didn't lit it up. Mike, and I don't know. I haven't talked to Brock. I I think he's a four-year guy. But, but at all these questions I was pressing these guys on, and they're all like – He's got NFL written all over him, and it's crazy. And, and they're not comparing him to Russell Wilson, saying he's the next Russell Wilson. The yeah. point is, Russell Wilson has changed the NFL in the sense where these guys can, or a guy like Brock is all Look of a sudden. Look how the smaller guys now. Yeah. I mean, not only Breeze, who's the older guard. Mm-hmm. You hear his name tossed around with Brock a lot, but um, Russell, now Baker's smaller, um, and then Kyler's the, the smallest. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't, your traditional no. Dan Marinos. I saw a stat that was incredible uh, on Twitter. Somebody pulled it. It was Brock Purdy. There, there were two quarterbacks last year in NCAA football that had more than, I think it was 30, I don't remember what the number was for touchdown passes, 33, and fewer than 10 interceptions. And the two were Brock Purdy and Joe Burrow. Mm. I mean, the guy, I, I don't think we have discussed enough how good of year Brock had. And you can look at K-State and Notre Dame and say, well, he didn't finish it well. He was hurt. He was hurt. But, I mean, his numbers even before then. He was sure, hurt then. The Monroe game, yeah. you know, that we, we padded some stats there. But even look at TCU had how many NFL draft picks on the defensive side. Yeah. I think they had four That's five. a whole podcast about how, how much Gary Gosh. Patterson's been underachieving. Oh, Why isn't anybody talking about this? Right. Like so I, I, I'm done. I'm done flying I'd, the Gary Patterson. I'd, okay, flight. I was going to ask you. You were. Uh, oh, I'm off. You. His best days. Selling, are, no, his best days are behind that, him. I'm selling that stock where it's still moderately like high. Eight draft picks. I'm done. And they were just destroyed by an Iowa State team that had zero. I'm done with Gary Patterson. Yet at zero. Yet I'm out. Okay. Um, Kansas State athletic director Gene yeah. Taylor, number two. Starting the season in late September, ending games in December. To me, I think this is the most realistic option. Okay. But, I mean, if you're going to – here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to get on a side here. But if, if school's open um, in the fall, the yeah. school starts uh, August 20-something, right? Mm-hmm. Students are here. If the students are there, I think you're playing football, okay? I mean, I think it's as simple as that. I think – here's my rebuttal. Allowing these guys, what? When do they? When do the players get on campus? Okay, if Be- they're maybe if they're not there until it, it comes down to a training That's camp fair. thing and That's like fair. injuries. Okay, the soft tissue, all the research. Generally, and I've done too much research on this, but you know, we're it's a professional podcast here, presented by Iowa Pork and the Cyclone Fanatic Patrons. Sixty days is about ideal to get these guys into game shape, so they're not ripping ACLs and stuff, and hamstrings. 
So if you're going to tell me right now, Bloom, it's May 3rd, we're going to get them all June 6th, okay, then we're good to kick off. But okay. if, you, if you get them after the 4th of July, I mean... That's pushed it. They according do, to the doctors... Yeah. And, it, and really... Hmm. Okay. So that's why I... I your if, point's if valid. tickets aren't an issue either at that point, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not... Because you're probably still going no fans even in... <laughs> September. I don't know. So let, let me let me digress a little bit and why I'm more optimistic right now than I was a week ago about uh, the college football season. And that is these universities, it is becoming very clear, have a huge incentive to open in person in the fall. And you've seen kind of a domino. If you look at a lot of these over the last week, uh, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I were one of the first three to say, yeah, we're planning on a f- you know, full steam ahead for the fall semester. Iowa State, Iowa, and you and I came out with a thing through the Board of Regents this week, Chris, that said those three are estimated to be impacted to the neighborhood of about $200 million total between the three of them because of this thing. Iowa State on its own is roughly about $80 million. They're projecting, as of now, will be a hit. If If... We have online classes, and I say we because I, I work at Iowa State. Yeah. In the fall, you're going to have, and students are already telling Iowa State, if this happens, we are not going to enroll. We're going to do a gap year because what's the point of having uh, classes online again when I can just push it, you know, enroll later when I can be in person and get, you know, the max benefit out of it? You're going to see this all across the nation that students aren't going to go for another semester of online learning. It just isn't the same. And so why would they pay for that if that's the case? So if that's the case and these students are going to take a quote unquote gap year, you're then you're, that's even more revenue that you're losing on top of the international students, which is a big one. Um, now you're talking about domestic students and it just gets pretty so ugly really quickly. Is that why, I mean, obviously you don't know this, but do you think it's why we're seeing a lot of these universities that are saying, no, we're going. Correct. Like they're making that call right now. Correct. Because they'd rather. Because these students have to decide. I mean, you you have to, you know, get your financial aid and paperwork all ready to go by a certain time. Um, So they're going to be as optimistic as they can. But I think with will and intention of doing it, because these, you know. Can't they just tell. (laughs) I was just going to say, tell everybody to wear masks. But then I'm thinking like it sips on like a Friday yeah, night. Right. Like I'm, I mean, oh, maybe mask a class. Party. I don't know. And then, so the thought is maybe you, you you get creative with some classes where you are in session, but yet you split them up more and then have portions of it online, portions of it in person. But you have to have a segment in person or else these universities financially are going to get, it's, it's not, I mean, did I would say it's going to be okay. Did you read that New York Times piece I told you about last week? I did. With the Brown. It's, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And if, and Brown's. You know, yeah, it's an Ivy League. It's an Ivy, right? Um, so, long story short, I think there is big motivation by beyond athletics for these schools to be open in person, and and by what I've read, and again, you have to look at data here. Young people in general, it's not a huge risk, but as we talked about last week, you just you can't you can't put a circle around college campuses either, and so it makes it it makes it difficult. But I am more encouraged this week rather than last about students actually being on campus in the fall. Number three from Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor, courtesy of the Wichita Eagle. Starting the season in October, 
playing a conference-only schedule. Now, to me, that makes some sense, uh, but, God, that is killer for the group of five in FCS Pro, you're oh you're they're, you're you they're are done. you're taking you're putting a gun to their head correct in that scenario so like how much does the power five care about it's you know it, there's that's a, a shift I mean I can would they drop programs I mean you start to talk about that what does Northern Iowa do hmm. and I don't know who they play this year but like yeah those checks. This is why I, this is why I always say that I dislike Northern Iowa more than I dislike Iowa, because Iowa State funds their athletic department, <laughs> and in a roundabout way, yes, yeah, they do. And although their AD is a former Iowa State guy, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm talking about the annoying Purple Hawk fans. Okay, I got you. That's I like David Harris. Yeah, David Harris. I like guy. Ben Jacobson. Yep, I like all those guys. Yep. I actually really love going to the McLeod Center, calling nice, a game nice there. Arena. It's a beautiful yeah. arena, I, yeah. and I love it. I, I don't like... You want them to do uh, yeah, well. I don't wish harm upon Northern Iowa, but when these Northern Iowa fans are so nasty towards Iowa State because they are Iowa fans, yeah, it drives me crazy because it's like, guys, like the, the clones are writing you checks, man. And it's, you know, it will pay for... Maybe your entire like football coaching staff for that year or whatever. Like pretty close to it. This is a you're holding a pistol to their proverbial head if we go this route where it's conference only. Even like and it's not just like the Northern Iowa's of the world, it's the conference USA's the Sun Even Belts. UCF has said like yeah. that we would need federal money to exist. Yeah. And so UCF's I, a pretty you know They won the national championship right. yeah. two years ago. Just ask them. <laughs> I hate that one just because I'm a college football fan. I'm the guy who yeah. likes to watch Mountain West games it goes in the middle of the night. It goes to your timeline, though. If you're, you know, whenever you get these the students back, um, maybe it pushes to that. And truthfully, from an economic standpoint, from the TV brokers, non-conferences, okay, whatever. They want the, the meat. And that's the conference season. So you could get majority so, of your TV money back by just playing a. If it's my eight, Big 12 schedule. SEC schedule, and instead of playing Iowa, um, South Dakota, and whoever else, the third is it one. UNLV is. this year? Yeah, I think it's UNLV at home. You get um, Vanderbilt, Alabama, and Auburn. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing. No, right? no, I know. Or Missouri. Maybe it's more geographic. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, you're right on the TV money, but I, I think that you risk breaking up the sport forever. Correct. Like, how do you go back to... Oh, now we're going to get... Yeah, Louisiana yeah. Monroe. Yeah. And be like, hey, um, yeah, we kind of... Yeah. But if you're in financial problem I enough... Think, I mean, I, I but these schools have to be self-serving, too. I mean, they can look at the good of the sport, but they also have to look at what, how are we going to survive yeah. for another... How are we going to pay our employees? Correct. How are we going to... So, you can only be... Um, I'm telling you, I'm going to so read kind. the, we can read the rest of these. Yeah. He doesn't have what's going to happen is not on here. I'm, I'm, I am this, I'm so confident in, in how this okay. is going to play out. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> it's March, but I, I, I'm, writing, I'm writing it down. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I can't find a scenario where like UCLA is playing football this year. Have you been reading the California, the West yeah. coast stuff? It's a different world yeah. than what we're living in. Shut down like the is beaches. Rutgers. Like, they can't even go outside. The argument could be made that, that New York's actually further ahead than the rest of us. Yeah, I know. 
because like the COVID, we it's haven't already, hit our peaks. Correct. No, your valid point. Now, the, see, the this one is the thing, thing is like, do we want, I think this is an amazing philosophical question. Amazing is the wrong term, but it's fascinating it, yeah. to think about. Go ahead. Think about it. The, cause what we're in as opposed to New York, I was, you know, we've had some larger caseloads. I'm not making it. It has gone up. Um, now, whether is that attributed to, to what, and everybody's important. But well, I tell you, I went to Menards on Friday, and people yeah, didn't seem to. But so to. I think <laughs> I don't. I think we're Chris. I think we're past the point of taking this thing down to a zero. No, you're never going to do that. So, or, or even a manageable like really track and trace at least right now. Um, so, if you, but if you have this 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 lower, you know, it's not a peak because we're not overwhelmed. Yeah. But if we have this, you know. 100 to 300 cases a day for the next six months. Is that too many? Well, I got, I mean, is that, I had this conversation with my wife today. We, you tell me, okay. When we started this, I remember driving back from Kansas city after the big 12 tournament got canceled. I'm listening to all these news stations and you know, we're in like peak COVID right then. And the whole thing was flatten the curve exactly what you're talking about. Let's take the pressure off of our healthcare systems, all this stuff. Never was the conversation. We have to defeat the coronavirus and COVID-19 because it's not realistic. It's I, I, I'm not comparing it to the flu, but it is, it's a virus and the flu always is around in some capacity. And we have shots and we have, you know, yep. you, you go and get your flu shot and you do all that stuff and you, you, you try you and just, lower the risk. As yeah. Much you as wash you your hand during flu season. And you do all that stuff. And now because it's gotten political, as we've been telling you for five weeks on this podcast, now it's becoming where one side doesn't give a crap, it seems like. And they just, and I'm talking the extremes here. Yeah. I'm not talking yeah, to the not, folks yep. in the middle. And the other one now, it's gotten, it's it's not about flattening the curve anymore. It's about, oh, if you go to the grocery store, you're a bleeping heathen <laughs> because you're trying to kill all of our grandmas and grandpas. It There is nuance here that if you watch the cable news channels, you don't want to hear about. So your point is spot on. We are flattening the curve now in in that we still have sympathy for all the people who've been sick. And I I say it all the time. Like I'm a guy who got scarlet fever in the year 2015. If I get this, I'm going to (laughs) die. Okay. Like, so I have like a lot of sympathy. Yeah. But how do you get scarlet fever in 2015? Right. You you managed. Yeah. Um, But we, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to flatten the curve? Like you're talking about. Or are we trying to defeat COVID-19? Because I think here's the thing. If you look at South Korea, okay, and we get Hong Kong, they've basically defeated the thing. Okay, they've taken their caseload down to about a couple a day. That just, I'm sorry, we can't, the, what's the phrase, the horse is out of the barn here in the States? Like you can't, it's, I think we're we're beyond that. Unf- unfortunately, so because that's the perfect world is where you can just defeat the thing. You don't have to worry about. Or the perfect world is you get a vaccine, but yeah, all but the experts tell again, us that's so far and off. And I think the president said today that it was you know they're optimistic by the end of the year, but I think that's optimistic. So then it's just a matter of what that still what, doesn't help us for college. No, football. right, right. In this topic of conversation, it yeah. does not. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Uh, 
<laughs> and so what's the what's the magic level where you're acceptable to start to get back to uh, quote unquote normalcy? And I think that's the f- really difficult question. And I don't. There's not been a good answer that hasn't gone to the extremes. And I think that's the uh, that's the super difficult thing here. But I I agree with you. I think you have to at some point just say we have to be protective. We have to take as many measures as we can. Um, and then, but, I mean, but still try and let human beings decide if yeah. they want to take the risk. Yeah. 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 And, and, and maybe that's insensitive to those with the compromised immune systems in, in our older generations, because it, it clearly, there is no doubt. There is no doubt now that it has a horrible effect on, certain segments of the population no, that cannot be you cannot ignore. guys our age yeah and even i mean it there are a lot no, of guys our age dying there's not it's not uh this isn't a small thing no um, so you got to take it seriously but at the same point you can't you can't just live inside your own you know walls all the time and not expect to the other ramifications too and it's just a it's a challenging deal uh kansas state athletics director gene taylor <laughs> Given us seven options. I don't like that one. I don't like number three because I, I love small college football. I love yeah, FCS football. I, I, I'm a huge mid-major Man, fan. It'd be, it'd be fun to just have power five on power five action. It would be fun, but I, I'm, I don't want Northern Iowa football to die. Okay. You know, yeah. like I, 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 I hear you. I generally like it worry about the future of those programs. If that happens, number four, Starting the season in September and playing a con- – oh, wait, wait, we already did that one. Oh, wait. Yeah, so this was his fourth. We already said starting the season in October and playing a conference only. Number four was starting the season in September and playing a conference only. Now, a lot of people would ask, well, why would you do that? Uh, why would you start it? Because the, the, the predictions are a second wave of COVID. Right. That's why you would do that, correct? Unless yes. I'm missing something. So read that again. You start in September and you just play conference games. So you you oh, knock okay. out. you just knock you get done. But so the thought is the flu season traditionally is you know November to March. You okay. want to get done before you that. Get done before the the flu because the, the the bad news is here. Let's say there's a the second quote unquote second wave, and it coincides with a flu wave, which is a separate virus. Yeah, and then and you then don't you know just, who has what. Well, not even that, but you just double. Now you're doubling capa- the hospital issues here. Yeah, and it I, just I, becomes it. It just amplifies the problems because you're trying to test both. Yeah, and it just and you just you don't have the resources to to manage this. If you can get it done, yeah, shut it down for a couple months during flu season to try because and and, and this is 100 percent the truth. The social distancing not only is good for COVID, it is good for all these other communicable illnesses as well because you're not having those natural interactions. So, you know, have normal life. This is the thought. Have normal life August to November. Shut it down again till March and then open So open no, up. no Hilton Coliseum. That's, this is, the, so yes, so this is an interesting conversation. I read this this week because now that's a concern too is there are some smart people who say, Actually, no. The basketball season is more in danger because it's indoors. Because it's indoors, and it's right in the middle of this flu slash potential second wave. <laughs> it just won't go away. <laughs> now, Daddy's starting to get really yeah, pissed off. That's smart people have said that. It's nine fifty-seven. Yeah, sorry. 
No, that's fine. I still have mailbag questions, a couple of old leads from us in our Iowa I'm State a, Daily Call. No my friend. All right. Um, number five, wait until 2021, start the season in January. I just. This is a good theory if you have a vaccine. Yeah, but like, can you. Can you really imagine like, like Minnesota plays outdoors? Yeah. You'd can, have to have, you'd have. Yeah. Like even Ames. Right. Like, can you, I, I don't know. Maybe you can. I mean, I've like the, there's meteorologists that are smart. There's not a huge difference temperature wise. I would say from late November to January. All right. What about February? Yeah, I know. I mean, it'd be brutal. Oh, I was not. A, no, it's not ideal. It again, sounds better. It sounds better for the SEC. Again, to think about trash. Like you're bringing like the most talented, like speedy team that clones have ever had. Oh, throw them out there in the middle of February. Great. I'm sure that that I'm sure that that field would hold up awesome <laughs> in those scenarios. Uh, here come all the tweets. But I'm telling Jack Trice ain't made Do you think people to would, play in the middle of would February. Would people complain about the turf oh. in January? Am I wrong? Do it. I think they probably would. They'd be tripping all over. The, like, oh, you're it, right. It, yeah. It'd be a, a major. Although they deal. would have, they wouldn't have the damage of the whole fall. That's true. And it'd just be frozen. That's true. Actually, maybe it wouldn't even be that bad because there's no moisture. Yeah, it's just frozen. <sighs> Yeah. What's the no, turf? Let's I'm talk a to big, the turf guy. I'm a big no. I am. I want to get Tim on. Get Tim. I want to get because I think it's Van fascinating yeah. what they, they yeah. what they do. I I do want to do that. If Tim, if you're listening, or if you're, I I would love to line up that interview. I think it'd be fascinating. My dad owns a lawn service for crying out loud. <laughs> so like I'm into this stuff. Um, number six. Wait until 2021, starting the season in March. I don't see how this works. Yeah, with the draft, like I mean, if you're not Trevor, if you're draft. Trevor Lawrence, yeah, why you're would you play? Yeah, not gonna play. You just won't. If you're Brock Purdy, why would you play? I don't know if I would. Like, if you're already right now a first round pick, and then what do you do with next year? I mean, you play March, and April, then they get May. like a month off, you get a and then month they have off. To... I mean, you can't. You you just you you can't do that. Of, according to Surly. On the, on the forums, this makes the most sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. I, I feel like of all the things we've read, this is the worst I, option. That's not feasible. Okay. Um, split a number seven from Kansas State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. Uh, split up the season with six games in the fall, six games in the spring. You brought this up yeah. a couple weeks ago. This is out there. A lot of people think that this is a real possibility. Again, so the reason it's, is... You, it's the COVID Yeah, the, the, the curve. Yeah. So you, you you get before the flu season, and then you get in after it. Again, though, you're fighting you're fighting the draft, and if you play the first six... Yeah, if your team's I, like your te- three and three... Like, what incentive... And if you're a potential prospect, I, I mean, you just have... You think people get pissed because guys are skipping yeah. bowl games? Right. So McCaffrey missed the the bowl game that one year. What's the? Uh, he did not miss the Rose Bowl that that other year though. He very much played in that game. <laughs> well played. So those are the seven options from Gene Taylor. Again, I address a lot of the little things. So what's so what what's the? Uh, what's your I, most likely? Uh, 
I, I, I will gladly eat crow because you all know I want all 130 FBS programs to play fans. And I want, that's what I want. Yep. My prediction on May 3rd is there's no way all 130 of those programs are playing football. There's just no way. Yep. Cause there's just, there's too much politics. This has gotten way too political. It's going to get weaponized by these politicians. Donald Trump is going to tell you that Joe Biden hates college football. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden and, and that crew will tell you that the Republicans and Donald Trump are putting lives at, or putting games ahead of lives and they want your grandma and grandpa to die. It's going to be weaponized and we're going to start to see it like, and we already are. I just, I have, I have, I have zero. I, I don't think the Pac-12, most of those schools can play. I don't. I, I just don't think that they can. I hope I'm wrong. Like, how yeah. is Rutgers in a Big Ten season the way that this is going down right now? Yeah. How in the hell does Rutgers play? Again, though, without... Is Rutgers... It's a state institution. Are they going to have students on campus to be able to play college football? It's different than here. Right. Uh, yeah. The politics are different. The density of the population is different. The good news what, is what has happened is different. Again, their 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 trends are it's May third, correct. Right? Um, if it keeps trending the way it is in that tri-state area, okay, maybe they'll. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, and where else does it like pop up? And, I and mean, the cynist in me says yes until November, the first week of November. We're, we might fight this. I hope, Because man. It, it benefits... I don't know what it benefits, though. I mean, I was encouraging in this week where people were coming out Cuban. Yeah. Your boy Mark Cuban, and he said the same argument you did. It's like, this is... We need sports in some capacity because it's good for the public. Yeah. I mean, I think we're... We'll That's get the more pros, and more though, man. That. It's different than yeah, college. Yeah, it is different than college. I, I agree. It is. Uh, college is behind playing behind pro sports right now. It just is. Man. Uh, but I, I, I think why I'm opt- more optimistic this week is I, I do think there is an incentive for school to be back in person. And if that's the case, I think you have some degree of college football. If it's just a couple of conferences, then I think those conferences have to make it make it happen. I just think you have to. It's, and the, it's you the just, Big 12 you, and the SEC. You just got to go. I so, mean, like, does Iowa State play and Iowa doesn't? Like and if I like if you're Iowa and like you're allowed to play, and your your governor says you can play and your board of regents says it's you the, can play, but do you listen to the conference then. Like you have to. Do you? I think it's the conference. Because who then? How do you mandate schedule? So what I heard on a uh, it was Dan Wetzel was on a podcast. I think it was on Cowherds, and he 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 said due to the the rights. Correct, like yep. the grant of rights. So let's say that 10 of the 14 Big Ten schools play. They still are giving money to the other four that can't. Probably. Yeah. So then, like, okay, let's, so let's say. out and let's you, say you like both a, ends? Just to localize this, let's say Iowa State can't play, but yep. Iowa can, okay? Just yep. think about that. Yep. Iowa didn't really have anything to do with this. Let's say Iowa State can't play, but other schools can. Okay. Does Brock Purdy... Is he still a sophomore or is he still a junior? 
He didn't play. So he should have the year of eligibility, but would he be able to go pro? Because he's three years. Three years since high school. So, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, so many layers. There are so many things to think about. Yeah. That's why I've been working on this column for a week. And there's, it'll change. Everything keeps coming to my mind. Yep. Yep. I was going to publish it last Tuesday, and I'm like, I can't do that. I've got way more of this to cover. And then I'm like, on Friday, I can't do that. Then I thought about it this morning. No. I, I will say I'm not optimistic about the fan situation. I'm just not. Well, we'd be able to host game watches. Hmm. I mean, isn't that worse than going to the stadium? Probably. Because you're all drunk and breathing on each other and indoors. You know, I, I, it, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there will be fans. I guess I... It just gets more confusing by the week. It really does. All right, we'll move on. I would not want to be an administrator right now. Uh, it was announced this week, Missouri and Kansas are renewing the border showdown. Basketball or football? Football. Nobody cares about football with those two. Well, this is kind of weird. So they're going to play. Do you remember they played that one game? It was 07? Where they were top five? Kansas City, yeah. That was Mangino. Yeah. Mangino and Pinkle, yeah. They were both two top five teams. Okay, uh, let's do a little trivia yeah. question. I remember watching that game in my apartment in Shenandoah. Uh, name the quarterbacks for each school at the time. Okay. Um, for Missouri was Chase Daniel. Correct. And for Kansas, it was Todd Reese. Well done. Thank you. Put one on the board. Uh, but here's the kicker. They're playing in 2025-26 that season, and then they don't play again for until 2031. Oh, my gosh. So it's not even like a back-to-back thing. But whatever. At least they're trying to play. A little public service announcement, and I put this on Twitter last week, and I don't think it's really widely known by the casual Cyclone fan. Iowa State is scheduled to go to Vegas next fall and play in the new Ranger Stadium. So it'd be September of 2021. Oh, yeah. I already have a room at the Yachtsburger house. I figured you're set, but I, but I think people <laughs> were surprised. Like, oh, wow, that's happening. Yeah, it's happening. And that's only six months away. COVID cannot knock that off, no. can it? How many Iowa State fans? There'll be more. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it'll geez. be. But it, and then the Allegiant Stadium is the name of the stadium. It is really close to the Strip. Uh, oh, dude. When you, yeah, you were I stayed there. at the Cosmo this summer. Yeah. Like our room looking out was all you saw was that stadium. Okay, so I'm, I'm, folks, make your plans. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have a little optimistic nature to this podcast. Well, I mean, no, you, Vegas is literally a ghost town right now. <laughs> can you yeah, make can, plans? Well, or, well, book your hotel now. You, you I can mean, probably get a, great, a deal. great deal. Get your flight. They're I don't just, know, uh, maybe. I've been like, why do I do this? I don't know because I can't. I'm not going anywhere. But about yeah. twice a week, I've been looking up flight flights like places that i like to fly to you know me i love the state of florida i love going down there and just being a beach bum you got to pick your beach there right now though some are open some aren't yeah but i've just been like oh, what yeah. during a pandemic how cheaply can i fly great, great rates it's pretty ridiculous yeah. it's actually quite sad but i, I read so, over the weekend that warren buffett dumped all of his airline yeah, stocks but the actually the the traffic the tsa traffic is up considerably in the last week good so people are starting to travel again. That's good. That's really good. Good news. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's well, not that, good news. Is maybe that, is that good or bad? Is that bad that I just said that it's good? Uh, probably. I was thinking more for the economy yeah. and that like people will keep their jobs, but 
having Allegiant in I Des Moines is a really good I will thing say in this, Southwest. And, based on our social media and just general feeling I'm getting, I think people are over it. I know, but how like arrogant is that? It's a, it's very arrogant. <laughs> That like I know it's area. Americans people, are just, just like it's an oh, observation. We are sick we're, and tired of we this. We are bored. So you know what? We are bored of this. Screw these germs. Like our <laughs> our boredom yeah. supersedes your germ. We COVID. can't go to the damn beach. <laughs> I can't I, go I drunk. Hey, I can't man. go get drunk at a brewery. Screw you. I'm I'm ignoring the pandemic. We're not. We're not China. We're not <laughs> South Korea. It is what it is. Oh, unfortunately. Or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it. Aaron Marner, a friend of the program, he likes to pull up old columns of ours from the Iowa State Daily. Oh, no. He posted a couple of leads Uh -uh. on Twitter that we wrote back in the day. Please don't. Okay, Bloom. And then you guys, I I think. Are you really going to read these? Yeah. This is not a proud moment of my life. This was April 11th, 2006, oh, no. published in the Iowa State Daily. Bloom, uh, this, the bl- headline is Bloom getting through the April slump. Quote, trying to find something interesting to write about in the uneventful month of April is a struggle. <laughs> it's similar in frustration to finding a somewhat attractive girl <laughs> at dangerous curves. Oh, no. In parentheses, not that I've been there. I've heard things. <laughs> Did I, that's not... That's real. That's an imposter. All right. I make fun of myself, too. Um, God, what a, what's my point? What a, that whole thing? What a jerk yes. I am. At least you're funny. That's not... I'm, I don't know. I'm just... That was just rude. I'm just... <laughs> No, just wait. (laughs) I'm downright mean here. And I feel really bad because I came really good friends with the guy who I'm insulting. Uh, October 28th, 2004. Uh, The column is not a good time to be an ISU kicker. (laughs) Is it ever? (laughs) Uh, the, the, The column reads, there are three things in life that Iowa State students do not want to be. One, a lonely DPS worker. It boggles my mind as to why any student would want to work for DPS. Maybe they just like driving around in their little parking division. (laughs) Ford Rangers. Which, that's terrible writing. Why did they let you write that? I know. I'm insulting a lot of people in that. Okay. Two, the guy who's always late and running after the bus. <laughs> he's holding. <laughs> he's holding his books with one arm. <laughs> and his and his pants up with the other. He runs after the bus frantically, and once he gets on, he's breathing like he just ran a marathon. Nerd. <laughs> oh, number wow. three. It may be the most. God, this is such a terrible. It may be the most shameful of all. An Iowa State kicker. Oh. You wrote this in an actual publication. This was in the student newspaper. Oh my gosh! Why did they let us do this? So you wrote. Oh my God! Tuesdays and I wrote Thursdays. Oh. That's terrible. Like, think of all the people that like 
First of all, <laughs> I'm just this punk in Freddie Court. Right. Just... <laughs> oh, why did? What a horrible, horrible, horrible! And I, I really apologize to those DPS workers. I apologize to those girls at Dangerous Curves. <laughs> Yeah, I've never, I've never been there either. <laughs> oh. oh boy, God! <laughs> the coronavirus has gotten the best of us. I'm afraid we're not even drunk. I swear, no, we're just, really not. I'm delirious. Yeah. I'm so freaking yeah, tired. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's do a few fan questions. Thanks to uh, Marner, Aaron Marner on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's he, great. Yeah, he's he now right, works for the Des Moines Register. Register. Yeah. Uh, real quick tease coming up on Monday. We've got a real treat for everybody. Our legends um, t-shirt line we continue to build on. I'll just tell you this. You you want to me tell you what, what's coming out? Yeah. You know those old school like NBA Jam shirts? Yep. We have ISU Jam with okay. cartoon characters of George Yang and Naz Mitra Long. Oh. And those guys were involved in the making of the shirts, and they're super f- pumped up for it. It's really it. cool. Good job out of them. They're awesome. I can't wait we'll to buy one it. of those. Uh, all right, some quick fan questions. Heinz uh, wants to know why we aren't watching The Last Dance. Well, it's DVR. And really, this is the only time that Brent and I can podcast. Yeah. The, to be more like, and and so I I can't check Twitter tonight, which is fine. I'm okay with it because I don't want to get spoilers, even though I know what happens. You know what happens? I do, but it's you know the the memes that come out of it. But then I spread it out. I'll go Monday night, Tuesday night. See, and I, I break can't up do the that. week. I, I have to have it for the freaking radio show. Yeah, I have to true. watch you it. You got a responsibility. <laughs> oh God, I, I still can't believe they let us clowns. I I, I, I legit feel bad about. Them. I mean, the Brett Culberson's the nicest he's a, he's guy in the world. Man. Like, I feel terrible. Um, was that even before? What What was it? I don't want to make you go back, but was that before the Missouri kick? Because maybe you were you were clairvoyant. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, if that was October, and the the Missouri kick happened in November. <laughs> I probably shouldn't go here, no. but I'm going to. I mean, no. I this next question, uh, Jared wants to know, Chris, what are your true unfiltered thoughts on Hawk Fanatic? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, what's the deal with this? Somebody started a Hawk Fanatic. Yeah, Pat Hardy, your boy. <laughs> he launched it tonight. I guess I honest my on Jared. I I don't care. I don't care. I hope that I hope my my hope is, that, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I hope that Pat. It, I hope that he does well and can make a living in the field. It's a tough. It's tough a brutal field place right now. I will also say this. I I've been doing this 15 years. There's never been a worse time to launch a free publication when it comes to ad rates. We are, I mean, we are taking it. Yeah. I, yeah. In the chin, on a daily basis, we are making pennies on the dollar right now, and I hope it'll all turn around. But man, what's the what, imitation is, is the sincerest form of flattery. So I I don't know Pat well. I, I don't. Um, he seems he's been fine. Didn't he get after you? 
Jim Pat get in a fight one time. He nah, blocked I mean, Birch. He blocked. No, I, I, he blocked I, Birch. Candidly, I mean, it's honest hour here. I've been yeah. blocked by two people in my life. And Hardy was one, one of them. them. Yeah. And I'm still blocked. Oh, he he blocked you. Yeah, too? I blocked from. I don't. So I don't. Oh, I don't know never, what Pat's up. To. I have never met him. So like, I've never met yeah, the guy. I mean, but I'm not going to wish him any ill will. I got, I got the big block. So he blocked Birch. Tommy Birch. Yeah. Just doesn't want to read about Iowa State. I don't know. I hope that he does well. Yeah. I don't know him, and it doesn't offend me at all that he put fanatic at the end of the word hawk. I don't own the word fanatic. I'm not like Iowa football with the color black. I don't own the name fanatic. Um, Ryan. God, we're being really snarky now. But I'm, I'm Is guessing. Is Ryan being snarky? No, I said you and me. Uh, well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting the best of us. Ryan, your kids get a full ride to Iowa, or they have to pay full tuition at Iowa State. What do you push them to do? I think about this a lot. <laughs> Ryan, why do you think about, why do you think this on, about Ryan. this a yeah. lot? Uh, but I would gladly pay tuition to Iowa State. I mean. I'll disagree. I'd tell my kid to go and take the free education, I think. Especially if it's in an area that they, they're passionate about. No, I wouldn't let them like, go to Kinnick Stadium and stuff. See, a lot of people don't know this about me, but my both yeah. my grandparents on my mom's side taught at Iowa. Yeah. My mom was like tennis at Iowa. My You've written brother great columns Yeah, about I've read this. about it. I mean, I've Iowa as an institution, the school is it's fantastic. Great. I was yeah. born at the U of I hospital. Like yeah. I owe a lot to them. You owe a lot to the U of I. I do. My I still go there about once every two months I mean, with my daughter. It's not just, you know, Y and Z here. I mean, yeah. I think you I would tell my I would tell my get, daughter if you get yeah. Free tuition. Go for it. I would tell her to go to Iowa. You can still be an Iowa State fan. And and I really don't care. Like, if if that was the case, like, my family would have disowned me for going to Iowa State, you know? Yeah, because you were, that's a great point. I was in Iowa. The other way around. I, fair, I fair. still, to this point, it's got to be close. You know, and I should actually do the math. But up to like a couple of years ago, I did the math. I had still been to more games in Kinnick Stadium in my life. Is that right? Now I've got, I mean, I Probably haven't missed a game in Trice in like. Since 03. So like, but we didn't. We went to yeah. every game, you know, from like six, seven years old yep. through to college. Totally. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say this. Like I I don't really have a problem sitting down and rooting for Kirk Ferentz. I like Kirk Ferentz. Um, I can't sit and root for Iowa basketball. I think I think most Iowa State fans would agree with you. Yeah, generally. That's just from like a pure fan yep. standpoint. Yep. Like it's hard for me to like root for Iowa in basketball. But I, th- but I still. But like, if, if Fran was gone, I would be fine. Yeah, I mean, I, again, you can separate some of the. Athletics to the oh absolutely. I, mean, I think that's an man that thing. that children's hospital has been an absolute blessing. Yeah. And like the the one thing we love to do, and they they eat it up. And those people are so sweet. Where wear we Iowa go, State stuff. we always wear Iowa yeah. State stuff yeah. when we go there, and they love it. Yeah. They absolutely love it. That dog gonna puke next to you, boom. I hope not. I thought, I'm pretty sure Dirks is about to puke. Well, you know your dog better than me. He's totally about to puke. What is he going to puke up? That's the question. What did you just eat? 
quarantine podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Um, Mitch, one of the best and only good things in this time and seeing families playing outside together every day and night instead of rushing off to the next practice or activity. Will there be a long-term change in the crazy suburban youth sports schedules that come out of this? Okay, two parts for me, okay. Mitch. Thank you for the question. Yeah, good question, and it's I agree. It's been fun. It was fun today in Bondurant. Yeah, yeah. What to do? Bondurant was nuts. The There's kids everywhere. Yep. Um, I to the sports schedule. Well, I don't have a child who's that age, so I'm not a great. I'm not a great guy. To sorry, I thought that dog was going to puke again. Um. But I will say this. No, I don't think it'll be a long-term change in that world Agreed. because there's way too many people trying to make money off of it. And and everybody thinks their kid's the next Barry Bonds. Yeah, still t- too competitive. And yeah. the competitive nature is not going to change yeah. in the summer. Yeah, that will morph back. I do hope, and I don't know how, but I hope that we all do slow down from this permanently. Well, now, I don't want to be this slow. Sure. But I, I do think that we will have a longer-term, like, I was watching a dirt race in South Carolina that I was streaming last night on my computer, and I put it on my TV. Just background noise. I had the girls getting ready for bed and stuff. And I was so appreciative of this hobby that I have. Yeah. You wouldn't have given two craps about it, but how much would you like to watch some competitive golf right now? Oh, right? I was watching uh, the 2018 Wells Fargo today. There you go. But I, I, I was deeply so I, I subscribe to a couple of different websites that they stream. Basically, it's like Golf Channel on TV, yep. but it's it's streaming and it's dirt racing. And every night, I have like fifteen races I can watch if I want, and it's overwhelming. And I usually don't watch. I'll watch one or two, and I don't appreciate what I what I have in that sense. Last night. I had one race that I could watch. I only knew like two of the drivers, but it was just like, I'm just so grateful to have this back in my life. Yeah. And I, I do think that like, I'm just saying me personally, I do think I'll hold on to a lot of that from this. And I I hope that I do. What about you? No, I agree. I mean, I think especially right away when these sports start to come back, even if it's it's no fans, you'll appreciate it's, you know, how much you enjoy that part of it. And, um, but I will say what I hope, you know, I think even the work from home stuff, that'll become a more normal thing. Uh, mm-hmm. where a lot of these businesses are fine. You can be successful with a lot of these positions working from home and maybe that'll ease some of the rat race, so to speak, cause you can be at home more, maybe you get along with neighbors more, be family stuff more. I think that could be a benefit. Less travel potentially. Again, not great for the airlines, but um, maybe better for communities. So I think there's some changes that will naturally come out of this. Um, but yeah, I think just a greater appreciation. I, I can't wait just to, when that base, when the first, because I think baseball will be, well, it'll be NASCAR, then PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, and then I think baseball. Baseball has to. I, it'll just be nice just to, you know, yeah, not mindlessly even, watch a game. I just, just not even the sports it. thing. Like what he said about the families, I I think it can go two ways too, based off of my experience. I I got to get my kids out of the house. Yeah, and yeah. I love them to death. 
Good point. And I think that this is all great. And I've had my great moments with my daughters and I've cherished that time. I need them to go back to daycare a couple days a week. Yep. I'm glad we're in the same boat. To be a better dad. Yep. I think I think this has been good from a realizing, one, how much you enjoy being around your kids. Okay. Which is true. Which is 100% true. But two, also realizing how much you really need other parts of your life as well. Yes. Which that doesn't make you Balance. A, a, a worse spouse or a worse parent, but it does matter just having other voices, having other people in your life is a good thing. Balance is a good yes. thing. Yes, yes. All right, uh, last question we had was from Andrew. Oh, man, Andrew, you're opening up a whole can of worms here, man. We've probably done a summer series on this at some point. He wants to know the biggest what if in Iowa State history. No, we did it. We did do a. We did a whole podcast on this at one point. Uh, the Niang broken foot was in there. God, we should. What did we have as the number one? Because you could go. We did. We went down a big rabbit hole of, and we did it a couple podcasts ago. If, if Harrison Barnes. Commits to Iowa State. I think this one's fascinating because it impacts a lot of stuff, you know, in the recent um, past. If Harrison Barnes commits to Iowa State, and by all accounts, he the the staff thought he was going to the night before. A couple things happen. Number one, McDermott never leaves for Creighton because you have not only you've got Barnes back paired with a couple other people. He, he literally was the number one recruit at the time. So that means Fred Hoiberg is never the coach at Iowa State. He probably becomes a GM somewhere instead of a head coach. Um, Doug McDermott goes to you and I, turns you and I into uh, who knows what. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's different factors that change the trajectory of all those programs. Can, we, can like blown calls be a part of that? Sure. I mean, I, I, I do think that the Aaron Kraft thing was... That was big. I, the, you know, does that team go on to win a, if, in a go to a Final Four? If the uh, Blarge doesn't happen in, in Auburn Hills, Michigan in 2000, and Paul Shirley doesn't foul out, and that game goes the way it should be, Iowa State wins the national championship in basketball in 2000, and maybe Larry does. I mean, what, yada, it, what, yada, yada. what if one of those kicks aren't botched in 2005? Dan McCartney goes to a Big 12 championship game. He's probably not fired. Nah, he's not. So Chiswick's never at Iowa State. Yep. Probably means Paul Rhodes. Well, maybe he gets. I, who knows? But like it changes everything. What if Iowa State doesn't schedule Toledo <laughs> to play in a random non-conference game? Yeah, Matt Campbell ain't Matt here. Matt Campbell doesn't. He doesn't come. have his walk through the parking exactly, lot. Exactly, the legendary walk through the parking I've lot. Got to get Matt. Like when we're See doing if one that's, of these, that actually happened. And I want to be like, okay, what's the deal? Because like I keep hearing you tell this story, yeah. like. I have a really hard time believing you were just randomly in walking around. Yeah. yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> and the other part, I mean, it was a really blase atmosphere. I mean, it, it really, it was, Iowa State had, I think it was two and four at the time. And I Toledo remember thinking, great. like, Rhodes is going to get fired if they don't win this game. That's <laughs> uh, the Sam Richardson era. I love Sam he Richardson. Was, he was actually best highlight tape I've ever thought. seen. In him, and Park, him and Chantrell Johnson, Winter Park, man. Florida. I like I, I like them. There was one more question, and I'm not. I'm, oh, there is, was. Yeah, it was. I saw. Sorry, it. I, I thought I got to all of them. No, because my my wife saw it and she asked me on my way over. I'm like, that's a good question. It was. I'm sorry. I, no, you're fine. It was. Hold on, I got it here. Well, make sure I didn't miss any more. Oh, hold on. It was good. Oh, 
Uh, Jose D4, last sporting event you cried over. This could be good or bad. So let's do both. And we'll um, call it a podcast. The last sporting event I cried was the Minneapolis Miracle. In a good way. Yeah, I was bawling. It's a good one. I, I was. I, what, I, what about last in a negative way? Um, probably, I mean, I don't cry over sports very often. Yeah. Well, you I mean, yeah, probably maybe you're, I probably you're cry over them in positive ways more than I do negative. It was probably the 1998 NFC championship like game. Gary Anderson. Yeah. When Gary Anderson missed a kick. I mean, I remember, so I remember a visceral reaction to that and like my mom and dad were like, they couldn't believe like how sad I was. You've told that story on the yeah. radio show, which yeah, I think when you're a kid, I I cried over the uh, I, I do think Michigan State the aforementioned Michigan State loss in 2000. I do think I, I'll <laughs> say this: I teared up. I mean, I wasn't crying, but I did choke up when the women beat Baylor this year. Yeah, that that got me. I was I was listening to that game in the Vegas airport on my way back, and I just listened. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I I totally choked up after that game was over. Hearing coach. There you go. That's a, good, a lot of times. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it was hearing coaches after the game. Speaking of that, the last time I, I wouldn't say I cried, but I, I I was a little bit emotional. Was actually a game we called with you when I when the women lost to Missouri State. Oh yeah. Um, God, that's that last spring. I mean, you you and I we've talked. We loved that team was was awesome. I love that. I mean, team. it was Carlton senior year. All that stuff. And but you've the, got one, Jones, who's you, like the next thing. And Middleton was really coming on. Lexi, I, mean, I think they yeah. were. They were getting there, but then there's like the finality of not only the men had lost, you know, to Ohio State a couple of days previous, and now all of a sudden you you'd gone on this great ride with basketball, and then no, done, I, I and you're rocking out to Hilton, and it's just like I this drove sucks. from Tulsa to Hilton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it was just a day apart. That yeah, was, that was brutal. I would say from a positive for me, um, Baylor's a good one. Did you cry the 2011 Oklahoma State? I did. I, I would. I, yeah. Um, and then I even uh, Oklahoma. You know what? That, uh, 17. I mean, that came out of nowhere, and it was just more of a surreal, like, oh my god. Yeah. If I would have been there, I would. Yeah. It, in I person, totally, it was one of the best. Those are. Yeah, that's a good question. No, I was super. Um, that Minneapolis miracle man. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you were there. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Like I, I can't. That'll be hard to replicate. I don't think I. Yeah. Even if they win the Super Bowl, obviously it'd <laughs> be great. Being there with my friends and like, yeah. we were so defeated. Right. It's literally that you're, you. The fact that you're even still there, like, I probably would have left. Oh, I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I, I. That's the story you'll always have, and I think that's the neat part. The best part of that whole story is that Travis Hines' wife, she was done with me, man. <laughs> you get a little emotional. She was done with me. Like, I was being so negative, and I I just love the Vikings so much that, like, I... When you paid good money, and you thought they would win, and... And I expect them to beat me down. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, and I they, just... And they had. Because they were up that whole game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... And then they just decided to... Blow the, it? Yeah. No, I, there's something about... I don't know about you, but that women's program that just... It's not that they're women. It's it's coach, I think. Yeah. You know, and it's... But you also, like, 
that you, when you're around it, correct. Like we're blessed to be able to be, you see that these are really students, you know, and then they play basketball too. I, I feel like with football and men's basketball, they are there for sports and then they're going to class on the side for some. Yeah. Not, not all, all obviously, but the, it's a little more commercialized. Yeah. And I, the purity of the yeah. women's game to me, it gives me a lot of people are like, why do you like the women's game so much? Cause they don't like watching women's basketball. And I go, well, you know, two things. One, I, I really like, I think I would really like European basketball if we could watch it. Watch it, yeah. You know, I I just think my style, like my taste, would really enjoy that. But two, um, you know, you these these girls, I I think there's very something real to this. We watch them for four or five years. Men anymore? I mean, it's that's why that that Yang Monte Matt yeah. Naz teams were great. I don't we think we'll ever get that guys. again. It's hard. They're gone. Um, they leave. Caleb Grill was a guy I was really wanting to watch for four years. You know, this what? is this is a this is a problem for college basketball, and it's not a huge problem, but it's a problem. You don't. You, there's no no brand name recognition with these guys, and good for them. I mean, go get paid. You're only young. You only have so many years of basketball. I totally get it, but there's not, uh, you know, there's not Jess Settles playing for eight years or Perry Ellis playing for seven years anymore. I mean, these guys get up. I mean, the fans probably thought Niang played for twelve. Like they, yeah, it's just it's it's changing. And this free agency of college basketball is probably really good for the player. I think that's still to be determined. But you know, there's some negatives to it. <laughs> really quick. Totally off subject before we wrap it up and we send it to my interview. Um, <laughs> there's apparently a kid on Oklahoma's roster. He plays football and his name is Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> oh, no. He just tweeted tonight during the last dance. He goes, people in my DMs acting like I was the one beefing with Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is the great is the real loser of this last it's dance thing. Bad. People are just killing, killing him. Oh my! And I, I love the fact that Jordan just oh yeah still hates gives him. zero yeah gives still zero. Hates him. All right, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll, too much, but we'll, it was fun. We'll keep doing this yeah. on Saturday. We or do Sunday it for nights. ourselves more than and but I really appreciate the feedback we've got. We it's love it, fun. and it the fact that you guys are telling us how much you like it fuels us to want to get yeah. together and do this. And we're still looking for a sponsor. And I know that there's not a lot of people wanting to do advertising right now, but if you do, you can reach tens of thousands of Iowa State fans each and every weekend and that people listen all week long hey hope i hope elise gets some sleep for you my friend i just got a really uh, nasty text message from my wife that we're being too loud oh okay we'll keep it down <laughs> <laughs> it was whatever it was the iowa state daily's fault yeah blame aaron martyr <laughs> ashley dangerous uh anyways um thank you bloom here's my interview from earlier this week mm-hmm. Um, this is really important to me, guys. I hope that you stick around for it. He's a farmer in Southwest Iowa, Dennis Lyladal, and he's from Essex, Iowa. And we thought it was important to educate you guys on some of the issues with COVID-19 
and the ag world and all that different stuff. And it's really important stuff. So check it out here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right. Well, Dennis, um, it is, uh, it's interesting. Everything that we're seeing right now, just in the world and the economy and everything. And it just seems like there's a trickle down to, to everything, uh, that we read in the news right now. Um, you know, what's the biggest challenge right now facing not just the pork industry, but just agriculture in general? What can you just put it into terms for folks who may not be in the in the industry? What what exactly is going on right now? Well, I think is for agriculture in general, the main problem is <clears throat> depressed prices. Um, every all prices are depressed uh, below cost of production. And, uh, that's, uh, giving some stress. Yeah. The, do you, I mean, what, what is it, what does the projections look like? Do you, is it, because I, I think everybody knows like with the stock market, right? It goes up and it goes down and you can look ahead and you can be like, well, once everybody gets back to work, earnings will be better. It should go up. I mean, is there, is there that sort of projection for ag prices right now or how dire does it look for the, you know, near the near term and the long term? Uh, well, near term is is definitely dire. I I haven't seen long term projections. Um, it's just really difficult for anybody to make those projections um, because, in the case of um, say corn, mm-hmm. um, gas prices are, are are probably record lows. Um, ethanol struggling. Um, they that uses a huge percentage of corn. Um, so it's hard to, to be too optimistic about that. And when we move over to the, uh, the hog side, to the pork side, um, we just don't know how long this coronavirus is going to impact uh, packing plants. And until they return to some sort of uh, normalcy, it's going to uh, it's going to make some dire straits for producers and. Uh, and packers and the workers in the packing plant, it, uh, it touches everybody. And it kind of, the supply chain is pretty tight. And right now it's broken. Yeah. It, so that's one of the things that I really wanted to touch on. Cause I've gotten this question from a bunch of my friends up here in the city. And there seems to me to be a little bit of a, um, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a misunderstanding. I just don't think folks have ever really thought about it. So a lot of people would go, okay, we have all of these extra pigs, right? Why can't we harvest them at a local meat locker? Or, uh, you know, why does it have to be these giant packing plants? And, and I try and explain to them, Dennis, that the, the, the sheer amount of pigs that we're talking about cannot be, um, you know, cannot be handled at your local butcher right i mean can you explain that to somebody who doesn't understand the complexities of this problem as to why we are where we're at i I read in the des moines register last week that there's fears of having to euthanize hogs Uh, can you just put that on the in the terms of somebody who has never never gone through this before um um, i mean you touched on it chris uh probably hit it on the, the nail on the head it's it's the volume of pigs um, and you brought that up about uh, the local lockers, and 
almost all of the local lockers are swamped. And one of the things that uh, the pork producers have started uh, with the food banks is a program called Pass the Pork. Yep. And the, the idea was people would make um, contributions to, um, to this fund that would pay for the processing of a pig. Uh, the pigs would be donated by producers, and then the processing paid for um, by these donations, and then the, the pork would go to the food bank. Um, one way to try just uh, to minimize the amount of, of pigs that might have to be euthanized because nobody nobody wants to see that, hear that. Um, it's kind of a gut-wrenching decision that um, it has lots of impacts. Um, yeah. One of the analogies I've used uh, a couple of times, and it's really simple, um, it's like a, a bathtub with the drain plugged or partially plugged and the faucet, uh, you can't shut it off. Uh, so the water overruns the, the tub and you can mop up some on one side, the local lockers, um, lots of people are, you know, selling a pig or two or a pig or 30 or 40 pigs to a group of people, but it just doesn't handle the volume when there's, um, a thousand or two thousand pigs in a in a barn, and essentially they're all ready to go to market within about a four or five week period. And uh, as we know, there's uh, hundreds of those barns in Iowa and across the Midwest. Yeah, I, you know the I've been watching just like everybody else. You know the governor's press conferences every day and such. I mean, it does seem like there's a real. I mean. Obviously, with our economy and our state, agriculture is vital. That the, there's a huge priority in getting these meat packing plants back open. I mean, how how confident are you, Dennis, that that'll happen soon? And then, it, you know, if it does, how long does it take for these plants to be back open for things to get back to normal for hog producers? Well, um, I don't I don't have a clue really how long it would take to get back to normal. Um, as they come back online, I, um, it appears that probably with more social distancing, um, that there won't be as many pigs processed per day. Mm -hmm. So that's going to contribute to the backup. Um, now if the plants come online, they can, they can work on Saturdays. Um, and that'll take, that'll have a, a good impact on getting rid of pigs, uh, harvesting pigs and uh, turning them into pork chops. But um, yeah. it's really hard to project out and uh, the pigs keep growing is the, the big problem. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Well, Dennis, we, we appreciate it. We have been uh, passing – we've been passing along your – your guys's information on past the pork it's a it's a great it's a great thing that the pork producers are doing and i mean based off of what i've heard it's been very popular are you guys getting the same sort of feedback on on the program right now yeah uh, yeah the feedback's very good uh i know um as of this morning there was over uh forty thousand dollars had been contributed uh and I think there was um, some hope or some optimism that maybe there'd be some more. Um, 
big gifts, and that that helps get processed in local lockers, uh, helps support the lockers, supports the food banks, um, and I think some of those funds might be used to purchase pork for the food bank. So it's it's kind of a win-win-win for uh, everybody involved. Crazy times, Dennis. Thank you very much. And please uh, give everybody back in Page County my best. I love Page County, Iowa. That's home for me. So love it down there. Okay. Thank you.